Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Let's talk about neutrals, shall we? Um, I think where we should begin is probably with what actually is a neutral. I used to have kind of my own little personal joke that red was a neutral, based on my definition that a neutral kind of is supposed to go with everything. And I kind of believe red goes with everything. How about you? Well, I think I'm going to start with an act of shameless self-promotion, if that's okay with you. (laughs) Go. I want to mention that I just had an article published in the July 2021 issue of Fine Home Building Magazine, and the article was called How to Choose Colors. And they asked me to create a glossary of commonly used terms related to architectural color. And I have to say, I really spent the most time devising a definition of the term neutral, because as you know, Amy, it's bandied about all the time. You know, and as time and trends come and go, the term itself is a constant. So maybe it'll surprise our listeners that there is not a universally accepted definition. I don't think there is. You, you don't think red's a neutral? I don't. Um, here's, here's what I came up with from uh, my experience in training. I think there are two components to what makes a color a neutral. One is dependent on the other. So these are colors that have been neutralized in effect. And I know that's a grammatical faux pas to use the root of a word in its own definition. But what I'm trying to say is that they are lacking colorfulness, a mouthful there. Um, Typically neutral colors are desaturated or grayed down, or sometimes they're neutralized because they're tinted with white. So they include grays and beiges, whites and blacks and creams. But the second component is that because of that, they're deemed to be able to work with every other color out there. And while we know that no color can work with every other color out there, neutrals work with the vast majority of them. And I think I want to add also that some people include earth tones with, uh, in this collection of colors. Um, and when you think about it, with the exception of maybe tan, Earth tones like taupes and mushrooms and stone colors are all actually warm grays, so they fit right into the definition. And I'd say tans, um, a color like brown, heavily tinted with white to get it to tan. And I think there's, uh, there's just this other component to earth tones that because we're so used to seeing them all around us in the natural world, we're used to these earthy colors from stones and soil and rock and all of that going with every other color in the natural world. So we sort of include the earth tones in there, but they fit the definition anyway. Um, so, so putting red aside, Amy, um, how would you define it? Do you think it's just all about it going with every other color? 
I guess for me, you know, there's an obvious conversation about desaturated color, which means toned down, which is usually gray, you know, less colorful. Um, but I would agree with you that earth, earth tones kind of move into that zone, you know, that we can tone a color with more of a, a brown influence. Um, but to me, when I think about neutrals, I think about the function. And I guess that's where I come from with that, that semi sort of joking, sort of not thing about red being a neutral. For me, the function of a neutral is a color that works as a peacekeeper in a way that either helps everything else fit together. Um, it, you know, one of the things I talk about when I'm working with clients is, is what, we call, what I call the big happy neutral. So for those interstitial spaces like hallways and foyers and, you know, areas inside a home or building off which all the other colors flow, that big happy neutral in the middle is the peacekeeper. So I guess for me, the definition of neutral has more to do with function um, because that neutral, you know, you mentioned that you could neutralize a color with a little bit of white. And so that neutral in that big, happy interstitial space, you know, could be a super pale pastel. It could be a white tinted with a little tiny bit of color in it. Um, and that would function as a neutral. So I think really I'm driven by the function. Um, yeah, I think function's definitely a part of it. I think it's about what it looks like and how it functions, meaning it works with all these other colors. You know, Amy, you often use a term complex neutrals. You've used it really a lot in the podcast so far. So do you think you can explain what you mean by that and maybe give some examples? For me, I love a color that when you look at it, you're not quite sure what you're looking at. And it often will be a color that changes throughout the day or throughout the year as the lighting conditions vary. So I have a color in my uh, dining room right now that's, um, it, it's a custom mix. I put it together, it's a, got about 11 or 12 different pigments in it, so it's very mutable. But there are times when it looks gray, there are times of day in the year when it looks sort of pale blue, kind of resembles Benjamin Moore gray owl. Um, and there are even times when it takes on an almost golden cast. And so that's what I'm talking about with a, as a near neutral, something that's got a smidgen of the root color or the hue, but is almost not recognizable at all times. Okay. So you, you, you just use the, the term near neutral with complex neutral. So they're kind of the same thing in your mind? So... I think, no, I think the near neutral can be like an overt gray green, you know, my favorite. My favorite. <laughs> With a little bit of red. <laughs> um, the complex neutrals, I would say, are more complex. They got a little more stuff going on and it's a little harder to read them. Um, one of my favorite exterior complex neutrals is, um, oh, here I am giving away my secrets, um, a color called millstone gray, mm -hmm. which I, love I think is... Also fabulously complicated and mutable. Some people want to actually understand what they're looking at. And so I find sometimes people, when I propose a near neutral or a complex neutral, they, they don't like that ambiguity. I, I enjoy the ambiguity. I embrace the, the shifting, the metamorism, which is what we call it when a color shifts. 
But some people really want to look at a color and say, oh, that's green or that's blue. They want clarity. I don't know. Do you run into that? People really want to know what they're looking at? (laughs) I do. I I think that one of the possible downsides of us, both of us, I know, in our practice, explaining to our clients why we chose a color or why it works. We don't just say here. We say, here's why it works, is that um, they can end up going down some kind of rabbit hole of names and terms and descriptors and, um, and really want to nail that name or that descriptor to a color. Um, I call those kind of colors, or I always, uh, I, I call those colors atmospheric colors. Um, and they also tend to live in the world of grays and blues and greens. And they make me think of cloudy days. And uh, those, are, those are really exciting, exciting emotionally, but also very soothing uh, soothing colors to me, which I which I love a lot, and I consider them neutrals as well. Um, you know, talking about using neutrals, I want to say something which uh, might get some people's hackles up here, but I don't think a whole house should be painted in neutral colors. I think that's boring. And um, I know owners of homes that are all gray or all white might take exception to that remark. But um, this is not only my personal taste, but also based on our training. One has to keep in mind how understimulating or overstimulating a built environment is. And again, coming back to the natural world, you should create a home that's like the natural world in that it's it's moderately varied in hue, saturation, and value. Hue being color, value being lightness, darkness, saturation being purity of color. This kind of space feels best to be in. It's best for your brain, for your body, and then ultimately your spirit because of that. So I think if you've got a lot of neutrals in your home, on your walls, you really need to spice it up. And you can do that by mixing it with other kind of colors, um, either from your decor or... um, in your walls. And I like that better. I I like to mix neutrals and um, other more uh, pronounced colors with neutrals. Um, The thing is that neutrals are easy on the eyes. They kind of provide the equivalent of visual breathing space, a chance to relax your eye and your mind in between the stimulation of more active and complex colors that are around you and around them. Um, I often use them in hallways, um, the arteries of the home, that's what I call them, um, which, which take you from space to space and stop you from having to have distinct hues butting up against each other in one room next to the next room. Because you can do that, but you have to be really good at combining colors because they're adjacent to each other. So if you want to keep um, important concepts like flow and cohesion and balance in mind, then I think it's really important to mix neutrals in and out of your other more pronounced colors in, in other rooms. Um, how would you How would you categorize neutrals, Amy? Well, I think probably starter categories would be warm and cool. I mean, I think that's the first place that we, before we get um, really focused on hue, I think when you're thinking about neutrals, start with warm and cool. You know, does this want to be cool? Does it want to be warm? And then think about value. You know, should it be dark? Should it be light? You know, I know it's counterintuitive, but sometimes a very small entry foyer for me, I will paint it a very dark neutral, um, you know, a charcoal or something. 
you know, you're never going to make a very small, dark foyer bright and light right? <laughs> with paint color. Paint color is magical, but not that magical. Right. So I agree. We always say that, right? Embrace it, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think to start with warm or cool, make that decision, think about value. And then, of course, you know, these near neutrals that I talked about, neutrals just like every other color in the universe other than pure black and pure white, they all belong to some color family. They all connect back to some pure hue on the color wheel, even though it may not be, you know, detectable by the naked eye. So is that is that what you mean by categorize? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Warm, cool, dark, and light. Uh, you know, like any other color, Let, let's categorize it the same way. And I, I'm also in complete agreement that I would start with warm and cool. And, um, and then right after that, uh, dark and light. Um, as you have more and more different colors in your home, uh, it becomes more and more complex to be able to successfully mix the colors in the home. And when it comes to mixing neutrals, that is really, really doable, and it's and it's difficult. And I think that the way, if you want to put a gray sofa on a gray carpet, and you want it to be foolproof, then the way to do it is to choose two grays, again, from the same hue family, the same color family, for instance, a yellow gray on top of a yellow gray, and make the colors different by value or saturation. So in other words, one is light and dark, or one is a little brighter, and the other one is a little bit more muted. The thing is, for a really well-balanced home, in the home overall, when you're, uh, when you're looking at wall color from room to room, and then adding on the additional layer of decor on top of it, the most successful homes, in my opinion, are ones that are really balanced by mixing warm and cool colors in the home, in the whole house. And while it's really important to do that, to have a, a really beautiful and, um, and a palette that feels good to live in, I think that it's super tricky mixing neutrals from warm and cool. I think you can do it if you really knew how, know how, but it's safer not to do it. For me, um, jumping into, you know, pet peeves and common problems for a second, I can't stand a blue-gray with a warm brown-gray. I, I, think, I, I think it's a disaster. It's like, it's like a pink-beige and a yellow-beige. I, I think it clashes. It doesn't, go, it doesn't go well at all. So if you want to be safe... Make, and you want to mix neutrals, make sure they're from the same or close color families. You know, maybe a yellow gray with a gray from the yellow green family might work. But once you start mixing other kinds of desaturated colors, I think it gets really, really tricky. Those colors are much more successful when you mix um, more saturated versions of them. When you can really tell it's a blue, really tell it's a red looks great together. Usually it looks really great together. But once you get to really neutralized, grayed down versions of those colors, I don't think it often works. And I think you have to really know what you're doing to mix them. You know, it's interesting. The um, NCS Atlas, which is kind of, it's a, it's a color, color classification system, uh, color organization system based in Sweden. And they have an atlas that's very similar to the Munsell color tree. 
And the NCS theory is that, well, one of the things I believe they teach is that you can pick any color so long as it's, so you can combine colors, no matter where they are on the hue circle, if they all come from the very same location on the value and saturation scales. And so it's really interesting. I've always felt that that's true for colors that are closer to the pure hue. It makes a lot of sense to me. It would be really interesting, I think, to play with that theory and see whether that actually works for neutrals or not. But I do totally agree with you, Amy, that mixing neutrals is hard. I can't tell you how many times I've been called in to, let's say, pick wall color for a kitchen where the client either moved into the house and it is the way it is, or they just remodeled their kitchen. God help me. I mean, you know, I wish they would call me before they remodel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know, they pick everything neutral because they think it's all neutral and it's going to work and you get in there and you just see all these clashing browns, warm browns, cool grays. I mean, there's some designers who do a really good job at that. Jean-Louis Dunyot, who's French, is one of them. But like you said, deft hand takes a really deft hand uh, to pull that off correctly. Um, When clients say to me, I just went neutrals. I say, yeah, that's the hardest thing there is. It's actually much easier to pick color colors. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, I so I certainly do. I remember a color consultation I did I did years ago. I recently went back to these people's home to help them with carpet. But um, when they called me in the first time years ago, it was to it was a second home here in Columbia County, and um, it was a big open living dining space with um, a small kitchen that sort of overlooked it. So kind of open to it with a peninsula in between the rest. It had a big um, cathedral ceiling with a fireplace with stone on one wall. And this house was just completely furnished. A lot of the furniture in the living room was sort of, um, remember that sort of shabby, chic, off-white, kind of distressed white kind of thing. And the carpet, yeah, the carpet, I think, was a yellow-gray, and there was all this seating there, upholstered seating, and some of it were browns, which was fine, but a lot of it was pink beiges. Ah. And they really, they yeah, they called me in for uh, help with the wall color in this room, and I, it, it took every ounce of fiber to not say, but you have to tear up that carpet <laughs> because this is so bad. But if you can't, I mean, these people just lived meticulously anyway. So they could have owned it for like 10 years. It didn't matter. It was like they put it in yesterday. Everything there was, you know, everything was in great shape and, and beautifully tidy and clean and decorated with artwork and tchotchkes from all over the world where they traveled. And it was all great. It was really, you know, personal but pristine and all and they had used a color consultant in New York City for their apartment years and years ago and that was really successful they said but I think this person helped them with um, the carpet color and you know I had to keep the old lip zip didn't I because you know why hurt their feelings it's already there and they weren't changing it so you know we came up with uh oh Amy we did your hated accent wall but we did <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I don't hate I don't hate I don't actually hate accent walls I just want them to be for a reason not a default so anyway <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right. I, I hear you. Well, you know, we put this like beautiful brownsy, warm, brown, bronzy, warm brownie color on the um, fireplace wall, which was really tall, which, um, you know, my intention was just like, get your eyes off the white furniture and the clashing beiges, please. And look at this great fireplace wall. And um, they were happy and I was happy and all of that. And I, and I think that color can color can really help, you know, in situations like that. I, I, you know, I ask, I ask my clients in my, in my questionnaire, is there any architectural detail or anything you want color to help you minimize? Um, And that's something I ask usually in reference to exteriors, but it could be in interiors too. You know, what, what do we want to, what do we want to take your eyes away from? And, And let's have color help you do that. That, that goes back to the whole notion of a peacekeeper. You know, how can color be the peacekeeper? You know, it sounds like that bronzy brown on that accent wall, which, you know, sounds like it was a neutral, but it certainly did the job. You know, it probably made peace with the carpet. So, you know, we talk about also the fifth wall all the time. We talk about the ceilings. But yeah, boy, carpet's a biggie. And when you pull, you know, a a sample board of carpet and you bring it home, and you take a look at it, it's just like a thousand shades of beige and gray. And it's really hard to discern on things that are one by one inch, you know, what are the undertones going on here? Unless you spend all day every day looking at color like we do, I think um, it's really kind of hard to see what you're going to get into. Yeah. But man, once you've got it everywhere, it's a sea of something. What, what, got, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's the... <laughs> the sea of whatever you chose. I had a client, oh God, this is so bad. I had a client who called me in after the fact. She had oak floors throughout her entire house. And she decided uh, at the beginning of the gray trend to, you know, which was, you know, 10 plus years ago, to have all of her floors redone in a soft gray, which is a great idea. But the um, outcome was really that the floors were blue. So what she had hoped to be a neutral with this gray, because, you know, gray is basically a watered down black and black has a tendency to read very blue anyway. And so she had basically pale blue gray floors throughout her entire first floor. So it could be pretty, but it wasn't her intention, right? It wasn't her intention. It certainly wasn't neutral. And it was definitely not a peacekeeper. You know, she wanted warm, inviting family home. And, you know, the only way to really have warm walls in a, well, you know, you put up warm colors on the walls, it's just going to push that blue even further because of that opposing color interaction, you know. So anyway, so yeah, that was about 10 years ago when gray was the big thing. And now we're swinging back to the B word. (laughs) That's right. We're swinging back to brown-based neutrals, earth tones, warm neutrals, warm colors, earth colors. Um, The pendulum has swung and it's not swinging absolutely everywhere, but certainly at the cutting edge. Um, We're seeing gray trend out and beige coming back. Well, um, I say yay. I mean, gray, gray gray was great. And, you know, for for lovers of those um, complex slash atmospheric grays that you and I love, Amy, those green grays and blue green grays, um, 
you know, I'll always use them because they're so wonderful. But um, neutrals are the uh, color workhorses of the home. You know, as we talked about, some people slather it on all their walls and other folks like you and I use them in the arteries or interstitial spaces. So they're really there. They're there in your house a lot. And, um, and I think people just get sick of it. I mean, just like everything else, uh, neutrals trend. And their trends are, are, are longer, you know, it's not like, oh, color of the year is purple this year, and it's orange next year. They and it says and, and I, I'm in agreement, it's about 10 years with uh, gray. And I also think it's going to go out more slowly at different parts of the country than other others. And it, it is going back towards the beigey kind of thing. Uh, the funny thing is also, I, I think that um, because they're used so much and around so long that when we do switch the popular neutral, the old one gets maligned. Oh, right, <laughs> so right. People have, all kind, people have all kinds of negative things to say about them. So, you know, I go back to uh, our uh, our remembrance of uh, of the linen whites and the Navajo whites and all of those builder beige. You know, that was a negative connotation, builder beige. What did the builder put? He put in those kind of colors. But we are, we are trending back um, towards them. Let's talk about gray a little bit because it is kind of here. What kind of colors do you like to mix with neutrals, let's say in decor, Amy? Well, you know, red goes with everything. A little bit of red with, you know, any one of those complex grays, you know, bright, clear, clean. I I think that's great. I mean, I think any of the clearer, brighter colors always, uh, you know, I kind of rail against that term pop of color, but it's overused for a reason because it makes sense. It's what it is. It's a pop of color. Amy, do you have any uh, pet peeves or or common problems that you see you want to talk about? You want to rail against? Me? Me, me, pet peeves. You, boo. <laughs> I have complaints. <laughs> yes, I have complaints. <laughs> yes, I think going back to what you said about beige being maligned, um, I think the hardest thing for me sometimes is, and, and you mentioned this even earlier, about clients getting attached to a name. And I think there are some really terrific colors with really lousy names. And there are some really lousy colors with really terrific names. And so I guess... I guess my pet peeve really would be to not get too attached. If there's the B word, if it says beige, just like, just let go. It's, it's okay. I mean, I know a lot of us, um, especially if you've been at this decorating game for more than 10 years and you did watch the last trend, trend outward, and you did decide beige was not for you anymore and you embraced gray, it's going to be harder, I think, to swing back into beige again. It kind of feels old. It kind of feels like, oh, but I, you know, for some people, they just got rid of the beige (laughs) and finally embraced the gray, you know? So, and when I'm, when I'm talking to people now about especially things like kitchens and bathrooms or flooring, where they're putting in neutrals that really need to stand the test of time. They need to be looking forward. They need to, you know, look, you know, five, 10 years out. Um, And beige is is where we're going. So, so yeah, that's a pet peeve, I guess, is, is keep an open mind. Don't malign beige. Beige can be your friend. Yeah, they're the bell bottoms of colors, right? They come back because it all, they all come back. Uh, well, for me, for me, it's when designers say such and such color is the new neutral. I mean, can something be 
a new neutral? I say n- no. Yeah. I say no. Red. <laughs> you can't just assign any other any old color or the moniker of neutral. Uh, the thing is, they're not in this case, they're not referring to the first part of my definition, which is lacking colorfulness. They're referring to the it goes with everything part. And I Yeah, that's that functional. Yeah. That functional. Yeah. And I think a neutral needs to have both parts. So colors like navy, lovely, and pink, lovely. They are not neutrals. They are not lacking colorfulness, mm. and they really don't go with everything. So don't mm. be going around calling this and that color a new neutral, because in my mind, it is not. I don't know. I, I might argue with you on that navy thing, but but generally, I think they're just, I think it's just about selling magazines and getting more eyeballs. And I think it's just, it's, what do they call it? There's a name it's, for this? Yada, 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 yada. No. no uh, <laughs> or blah, 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 no, blah. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. It's something about, um, you know, like hooking people in. It's hooking in eyeballs. You know, you start talking about the new neutrals, everybody wants to know what's going on. Yeah, clickbait. So. <laughs> there you are. That's the term, clickbait. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. All right. On that happy note, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, well... Yeah, well, I I hope you learned something new about neutral colors used in architecture. And tune in next time when we talk about another aspect of color for the built world. And if you have any requests or questions or things you'd like to hear us talk about, you can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com and send us a little note and let us know what you're thinking about. 